The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome back to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I have two guests today, which is so exciting. We haven't done this on this podcast yet. So before the pandemic started, I signed up for what I thought sounded like an amazing training, restorative yoga and Reiki healing. Unfortunately, it got rescheduled twice due to the pandemic. But finally, I'll get to experience that next weekend, which I'm so excited about. I am bringing on the teachers of this program from Salty Dog Yoga in Carolina Beach, North Carolina, which is one of my most favorite places on the North Carolina coast. Amy Sawyer has been practicing yoga on and off for most of her adult life. She fully embraced yoga after a personally challenging year in 2015 and enrolled in yoga teacher training with the intention of focusing on self-care and deepening her own practice. After experiencing the profound personal and spiritual growth that a regular practice had in her life, she felt called to teach and share yoga with others. She's in the process of completing certification in yoga therapy, which adapts the various tools of yoga to fit the needs of the individual for a truly holistic approach to sustained wellness. My second guest today is Mandy Bernard. She has worked with yogis of all ages. She has trained in trauma-based yoga, Ayurveda, and Thai massage. Her classes combine a blend of movement, mindfulness, reflection, and alignment, often with a theme of self-love woven throughout. She has created yoga programs for schools, co-led yearly women's yoga and wellness retreats abroad, and is owner of Salty Dog Yoga in Carolina Beach and Mindfully Made Mullis. Welcome to the podcast, Amy and Mandy. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you guys could be here. So can you tell my listeners more about yourself and your work? Sure. Who wants to start? <laughs> I'll start. This is Mandy. So you pretty much read it all. I am the owner <laughs> yes. of um, Salty Dog Yoga and Surf. I teach yoga here on the island. Um, I came into teaching yoga back in 2011, and I've had the great experience to teach children in the school system. Teach oh, that's people. wonderful. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorites uh, to teach people, obviously in the studio and then even in fitness centers and such. But for me, yoga has just been such a healing journey that I love to share it with as many people as possible. Thanks. Amy? Hi, thanks. Uh, as you read, I've been practicing yoga on and off a lot through my adult life and through different phases of challenges. I kept coming back to it. And my first one was when I had some personal health issues. I was working for a big company in pharmaceuticals and ended up in the hospital, I think, which was super stress induced. Oh no. Yeah, it was a, it was a big eye-opening moment for me and got me on a more holistic path. And so that was in 2009 and I ended up leaving my big money pharma job in 2012 and opening a little health food store called Island Wellness. And so that was kind of my first little jump into a more holistic way of life. 
And probably six months after I opened my store, Salty Dog Yoga opened. And so we initially had a very good relationship. I had known Mandy and just kind of tried to help support each other. And my husband was in a bad car accident in 2015. So I was in a really, you know, massive caregiver role for a good six to nine months, which was really exhausting. And at the point when he got able to manage better on his own is when I enrolled in yoga teacher training just for that self-nurturing that I really needed. And at that point, Mandy immediately hired me to be a teacher at Salty Dog, which I was super grateful for. And we just continued to work together and host events together and support each other's businesses. And then, what has it been, three years ago now, we moved into the same space together. So we actually share, share our space. So it's been a really great partnership and just helping support each other in our businesses. I was so excited that you guys were still open because I was so sad around this area in the Triangle in North Carolina. A lot of yoga studios have closed because of the pandemic. And I'm so happy to see you guys are still open. Yeah. Yeah, we are too. It's been tough. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you are. On. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a rough year in yoga, hasn't it? We are all 100% better at Zoom than we were this time. <laughs> That's not true. So do you guys do some Zoom classes in addition to in-person? Yes. We even do now what we call hybrid. Pretty much all of our classes are Zoom and in-person. It's totally different than how we started as yoga teachers. Like typically we were always taught or in my line of training not to be on the mat and to be walking around the room. And then with COVID, you know, we're not really walking around the room and we're more demoing our class while we're teaching it and trying to take a look at the students and all that. So it's just, we're practicing non-attachment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it seems like it's really changed uh, the face of how yoga is brought to students. And unfortunately, I know a lot of people are more isolated with the pandemic. So I'm glad to hear you guys have some in-person. And I know you have beach classes too, which are amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's been a nice way to stay connected to community. I can't remember how long it was that it was just virtual classes. And so it was really nice to still connect with students. And I know a lot of them have voiced to us that it's been lifesaver for them to really stay connected to their yoga community. Yeah, exactly. Because I think we all need that connection, don't we, through yoga? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's been a big theme for us, too. It was a theme of our yoga retreat last year. And um, yeah, it's uh, super important for well-being. Are you guys planning yoga retreats in the future? Yes, we are. We are. Yeah, we <laughs> I have, know it's, it's, we're afraid to say something like that with COVID. Yeah, well, we are. We do have a day retreat coming up in June. I think oh, it's the fantastic. Where we're going to just do a day retreat to Masonboro Island with yoga and kayaking and yummy local food and connection. And then we're in the process of other retreat abroad. We're just still ironing out details, hopefully in January or February. That's so uplifting to hear, too, because I know so much has been shut down. And then be able to get out in nature with yoga is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So, Amy, can you tell me what are the benefits of yoga as an adjunct therapy with traditional medicine and energy work? Yeah, so with yoga, so many people, especially in our Western culture, come to yoga for the physical part. And I believe, at least in my experience, the reason we end up staying is because there's just something that kind of switches in us. And I like to call it yoga magic. It's, I we love do, it. We just slowly begin to realize that we can manage life a little bit better. Like we don't get so angry in traffic or just our day-to-day challenges. And I think just being on our mat and being present with our breath and with our body and observing where we are just allows us to come into 
a deeper place of peace and acceptance, no matter what we're going through in life. And so yoga is one of those modalities that whether you're healthy or where you're, whether you're suffering from some kind of illness or life change, it can have, it can benefit you. It doesn't interfere with any medicine. It doesn't interfere with any other thing that you may be doing for your health. It just provides an extra bonus. And yeah, I think that's what kept me with yoga after I really started to go down the yoga path of more than the physical practice. And I think it's what keeps so many other people coming back to their mat because it is just, it's just magical in the way that it makes you feel and move through life. And I I like what you said too, with combining it with regular medicine, energy work. So it's not like you're discounting Western medicine. There's, I think the combination together can be so powerful and helpful to people. Yeah, absolutely. I worked in the pharmaceutical field. That's true. That's what interesting too. Yeah, for 13 years. And I definitely value medicine when it's needed. I, I of course, feel that there are some things that are overprescribed and that a lot of people just kind of Of want to fix things right away. And we have to realize that we have to put in the work for lasting change. And yoga gives us the opportunity to do that. Oh, definitely. And Mandy, I know you talked about present moment awareness and what you sent to me. So how do you bring present moment awareness to yourself each day? I always say in my classes that it's always a practice. And I think that it's important to remember that there's no end destination in mind. So we have the ability at any moment to practice that present moment awareness. The easiest way for me to recalibrate, so to speak, is to just bring my hands on my heart. And when I bring my hands on my heart, I can feel my heart beating. I can feel my breath flowing. It brings me back to my body and back to the moment. One of our teachers here, Kathleen, who teaches meditation, she always says that when we're doing something, just do it. So for instance, if you're chopping vegetables, be present chopping vegetables. If you're folding the laundry, be present folding the laundry. So I think it's just those moments of awareness. The mind starts to wander and we just come back. Come back to that present moment. I love that that mindfulness practice of everything because most people are doing several things at once. I would put that on my resume. Multitasking. <laughs> and now yes. I think the real skill set is to be present and to be in this moment. And I think that's so powerful what you said with your hand on your heart. And that's something as a counselor, and I know a lot of other counselors, therapists use that as well to tell clients, just put your hands on your heart and just stay there. And that can be very self-soothing. That can bring you back to yourself and help ease anxiety as well. Yeah, for sure. So powerful. But you teach pranayama as well? Yes. I would say that all of our teachers here at Salty Dog, so we don't, I don't hire a teacher from a specific training. What I love is that it's a melting pot of teachers from all different backgrounds, all different schools of thought for yoga. But I will say that we have a great dynamic group of teachers and pretty much all of our teachers, I feel like include pranayama in our classes. That's wonderful. Yeah, because I think so much of what we think today of yoga is just that physical asana practice, the breath work, the meditation, like it's all a component of yoga. It is. And I think people forget that for Mm -hmm. sure and always just see it as movement or, and I'm not sure what kinds of yoga you teach there, but they see it sometimes just as like power yoga that you have to do it really fast and hard and sweaty, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be that way. No, no. 
We actually started during the pandemic, I called it Mental Mondays, and it was via Zoom, and all it was was breathwork exercises, that every week we would introduce a different breathwork exercise in the hopes that what might resonate for me might not work for you, and that we have all these tools, though, that we can put in our toolbox and come back to as we navigate into everyday living. I love that because that's what I do with clients too. I teach breath work and I always tell them that not everything I teach you is going to work for you. So let's try some different things and see what works specifically for you. And as an individual, everybody's so different. Is there a favorite pranayama practice you have? I love alternate nostril breathing, but I also love box breathing. I mean, what's your favorite? Yeah, I've been experimenting with so many different breath practices lately. Mine is just right now, I'm just building breath capacity, like working to just build my prana and life force. So I play with different ratios and holding inhales and exhales or or doubling my exhale and just trying to really expand. One of the things that came to my mind when you all were talking was, I think it's, it's from Krishnamacharya, who's like from the lineage that I'm learning through yoga therapy, who said that if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Fantastic. And we have another guest teacher here, Dr. Sundar um, from Charleston, who, who said that the pranayama is the most important component of your practice. It is really the key to longevity. And so that's definitely a, a, a big thing for me and my practice and what I like to teach others as well. But there's so many different options yeah. to choose from. You can find something. I tend to go back to ujjayi a lot, just that ocean sounding breath. It helps you to yes. slow down your breath mm-hmm. and really tune into your body. So that's one of my favorites. So Mandy, can you share what alternative nostril breathing is for those who may not be aware? Yeah. So alternate nostril breathing is actually you take turns breathing in one side of the nose and then the opposite. So you would, if I were to guide you through it right now, I would tell you to put your peace fingers right where your eyebrows meet and cover your right nostril with your thumb. And then you'll take an inhale through your left nostril And then you would pause and just cover the left nostril with your ring finger, release the thumb, and exhale out. And then inhale through the right, exhale left. And what I love about that is it's a slowing down and a focusing, but also breathing in the right and the left helps to balance out the right and left hemisphere of the brain. So like the thinking and feeling. And I just, I can just instantly feel a shift and a difference when I practice a few rounds of it really does calm your nervous system because I've taught that as well. It's pretty powerful. So Amy, was there any other, I know you said the breathing practice was the ratio breath. So can you share how you teach ratio breath? It's very individual specific. So you always want to just assess where your normal breath is and try to bring it to that kind of equal breath. So finding an equal inhale and exhale. So maybe that's a four and a four, maybe a six and a six, eight, just depends on what your breath is. And then I would start by just extending the exhale. So if my breath were, let's just say a six, six, if I could get it to a six inhale and a six count exhale, then I would slowly try to start to double the exhale. And one of the main things about the breath we always want to maintain is keeping it smooth and fluid and not where it creates anxiety. So we know that when we start to feel a little anxious because we're holding our exhale too long, that that we've reached our maximum for that day. So it would just be a general kind of inhaling for six, exhaling for six for a couple of rounds, 
and then inhaling for six and exhaling for eight for a couple of rounds, inhaling for six, exhaling for 10 for a couple of rounds, and hopefully getting up to that inhaling six and exhaling 12, and maybe maintaining that for about six breaths, and then dropping it back to that equal six, six, and then just allowing your breath to just be natural. And so just starting to build up to that capacity, build your exhale first, because we can't take in more than we give out. And that's just one of the ratios. And then there's holds and things you can work with, that box breathing. And there's some magic ratio from some ancient teachings that has a really long inhale hold, but it's really challenging and it takes years to work up to. So wow. Oh my goodness. Working in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So yeah, I think a lot of mental health therapists who listen also teach some breath work. So that's good to know that there's so many different ways to teach pranayama and breath work. So helpful. So I was wondering, and I don't know who wants to answer this, but what made you want to combine restorative yoga and Reiki together in a training? I think they're just really complementary. One thing about restorative yoga, and Mandy's been teaching restorative yoga for a long time, so she can speak to this part of it. But there's so many people who are like, I can't do restorative yoga. It's a waste of my time. They want that physical practice. And so restorative yoga to me is that is is the ultimate self-care. It's being present letting your body rest and be supported. So many of us in our culture, especially, are just like more, 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 no pain, no gain. Oh, so that like we don't take the time to slow down and just allow everything to integrate. And so to me, that's what's beautiful about restorative yoga. And then Reiki is just such a gentle healing modality that it just makes sense for them to come together. Reiki, even though it's a specific type of training, we all know like if we bump our our toe on something, our immediate thought, other than maybe a curse word, is to (laughs) grab our toe and grab our, put our hand on our toe and rub it. That is sending energy to where you feel pain. And so Reiki is the same concept. We're just, we're intentionally sending energy to help calm down and relax and heal. And so I feel like they, they do the same thing in different ways. So Mandy, can you talk more about what is restorative yoga? So restorative yoga, like Amy said, is is designed to be supportive. So we use props mainly to support the body in yoga posture. It's passive posture. I used to joke that it's, I call it sometimes lay around yoga because you are I laying. always called it lay down yoga too. <laughs> Yes. Well, and you know, I think that's a, a great point. Amy said we are not really a culture of laying around. It is. It can be challenging for my type of personality. It's very challenging for me, but I also recognize that it's what I need to create balance, and that's why I love to teach it because it forces me to slow down and be present. So you use the props to build up around your body. And we hold the postures for an extended period of time, which allows us to kind of drop out of that mental state of what's next, what do I need to do now, and to just really be present and in the moment and drop into the breath and to relax. And that's so hard for some people, isn't it? It is, but I feel like it's kind of like that carving new neural pathways. The more that we keep showing up... It, then it's just like anything else. I remember practicing yoga. Like one of my very first classes, the teacher saying, down dog is a resting pose. And I was like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> now, like, you know, down dog to me feels like a resting pose. So I think it's just that we just need to keep showing up for ourselves. So what do you think are the benefits of using restorative and Reiki together? 
From our perspective, so I've taught, before we decided to do the training, I taught several just Reiki restorative classes where people would come in, they'd get in restorative postures, we'd guide them through. We did a lot of these combined. We called it pure bliss, where we would guide them into restorative postures. And I would go around and give Reiki while they were in these extended postures. And so many people would say, wow, I'm so relaxed. Or the next day they would say, I got the best night of sleep I've had in a really long time. And so while one or the other is great, just putting two super healing modalities together just has the pure bliss benefits. Yeah, I imagine so. And I could see how mental health therapists, this could really benefit them to to use some of these strategies with clients to help with the relaxation for anxiety, especially. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful about Reiki. That you can give it to yourself. It's, it's nicer. Like we can get a massage and you know, having somebody else do the work for us, but you don't really have to work at it. You can put your hands on your heart with that intention and you get in a legs up the wall and you're in restorative Reiki and it's so easy to do on your own. Yeah. That, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah. So what's a holistic strategy that you like to use Mandy each day as part of your daily practice? I have a few things. In the morning, I like to try and get up early. I have a little one. And so sometimes it's challenging because I feel like I'll get up and she hears me and she immediately wakes up. But I try to get up and something new I've been practicing is before I even get out of bed, I I am practicing gratitude for life, for opening up my eyes, for another opportunity in a day. And then I try to just sit and meditate and practice my breath work in the morning. And it just it creates that peace that I need to start off my day. I can feel a difference when I don't do that. I might be a little bit more short with my family or just <laughs> absolutely, um, yeah, anxious. And so that's probably been the, the biggest thing that's helped shape and change my life. Just wow. starting with intention and, you know, with time for myself. And Amy, what about you? Yeah, I have to say yogi minds think alike because mine is super similar. I like to have quiet time in the morning to myself to do a little reading and journaling and pranayama and just some quiet time. And I found actually just last week or maybe the week before where my schedule was thrown off and I was pushing it off to the side. And by the end of the week, I was just in a foul mood. I just was like, not myself. I was down. I just was like, what is going on? And I was like, I missed my pranayama and meditation practice the majority of the week. And so it helped me to remember how important it is for me to just get centered and tune in and you know focus on myself, even if it's just for five minutes. And I don't have to make it a huge thing. And that's where I think I distract myself sometimes by thinking I have to do all the things. I need to do an hour of yoga. I need to do 20 minutes of breathing. I need to do 20 minutes of meditation. I need to journal. I need to do all these things. And then we can just often say, I don't have time for all that. So I'm not going to do anything. And that all or none thinking. Yeah. And it's been such a hard habit for me to break. And so it happened this morning. I was like, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to sit for five minutes. And I ended up sitting for 12 and I could have stayed longer, but I needed to come here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I find that yeah. too. If we, you know, if we can just get to our mat or to our meditation cushion and just, it's just like you say, like the hardest part is putting your workout clothes on, just yeah. making that intentional commitment, whether it's putting on regular clothes or I'm going to put on my workout clothes because now I'm ready to work out for the day. It's the same thing. If we can just go and just commit to like even two minutes, 
to sit down and be present with our breath and with our thoughts, just letting them go and not getting attached to them, it can really change our day. It really does set the tone for the day. I found that as well. Cause once I skip to, I, I do become more reactive to people and yeah. to stress. And I tell clients it's setting up yourself to have, have that resource inside. So when stressful things happen, you're much better able to handle it in a calmer way. <laughs> so Amy, I know you mentioned you're working on your yoga therapy certification. Can you share more about that? Yeah. So it's something that kind of had always appealed to me. Even when I first did my 200 hour training, I was just like, huh, that sounds interesting and didn't really know a lot about it and toyed with the idea for a few years. And then last year, just finally decided to just start really investigating programs. And so yoga therapy is therapeutic. It really looks at the whole person. So you're not just kind of looking physically at what somebody might need alignment wise. You're really reading their energy you're looking at them through many models of yoga, like the chakras, the doshas, the vayus, like every kind of ancient model that spans across many different cultures. You're looking at the whole person instead of just tuning in to, oh, you've got a knee problem. Let's see what we can do with your knee. And so it uses all of these different tools of yoga, not only asana, some physical practice, but also breath, mantra, meditation, mindfulness sound, like many other things to help bring that person back into balance. And one of the things my teacher said recently was that whereas Western medicine, we tend to get specialized where you kind of get, get narrower in the view. So if you have an issue, you go to a specialist, whereas in the yoga therapy model, it tends to get broader and broader. You look not just at one small thing, but how everything a person is doing throughout their day might affect what's going on in their body or in their mind or in their spirituality and try to just bring it all together. Oh, I love that. How many hours is that training? It's 900 hours. Wow. And so I'm probably about halfway through at this point. So my goal is to hopefully finish in the first quarter of next year. That's amazing. That's quite a goal because I know I did the 200 hour and man, that, that takes a lot of time and investment as well. Just yeah, for well, 200. <laughs> yeah, COVID kind of gave me the opportunity to really focus last year. So True. I had a lot of extra time that I was really able to dedicate to it. And this year, it's uh, I'm really pushing through because of COVID. They, my teacher had rescheduled some things and had to pack a lot more in because so many things had to be rescheduled. So there's an opportunity for me to finish a little bit faster, but we'll see if that happens. I also have to remember patience and making sure that I'm practicing what I preach by taking care of myself. Sure. Absolutely. So Mandy, what's a takeaway you could share today that could help listeners who might be just starting their holistic journey? One, I already said it, but I think it's just, it's something I constantly remind myself of is that it is a journey and we might start it one day and then something happens and we fall off the routine. But we, if we can kindly and compassionately just keep inviting ourselves back and just Remembering that there's no end destination. And Amy was saying, one minute, one minute can be enough to put your hands on your heart and take a deep breath and to connect. That's beautiful. Thank you. So what about you, Amy? Is there a takeaway you could share today? Yeah, I mean, I think it all just comes back to coming back to that present moment. Life is hard. We have sickness. We have tragedy. We lose people. Our work becomes hard. Like family is hard. There's so many things that challenge us in life. And I like the, the reminder that when we're not in the present moment, 
When we're living in the past, it's usually when we feel down, we're longing for something that is no more. And when we're looking too much in the present, we get anxiety. We want to not be anxious or depressed. We want to be perfectly balanced. And we can only really do that when we're right here, right now. And so at those times when I start to feel overwhelmed, I just bring myself back to my breath. And I just keep that mantra in my mind that I'm here right now. I'm breathing. I'm alive. And that's enough. And I am enough. I am enough. And I think that's great for great reminder for everybody to remember that. So what's the best way for listeners to find you both and learn more about you? You can join us at Salty Dog Yoga and Surf for a class. Even if you're not in Carolina Beach, you can join us virtually. Or we're on Facebook as Salty Dog Yoga Surf or on Instagram as Salty Dog Yoga Surf. Yeah, and I can be found through Salty Dog Yoga Surf. I teach on the schedule regularly. And my business, as we mentioned, is in the same space as Salty Dog. So if you do visit us here in Carolina Beach, you'll see me when you walk in the door. And I'm Island Wellness. My website is islandwellnessyoga.com. I'm on Facebook as Island Wellness NC and Instagram Island Wellness Yoga. And we both send out separate newsletters and we'd love for you to join in and stay up to date on some fun retreat stuff we have up our sleeve. Absolutely. And and hopefully some more people can get down there to Carolina Beach and take your classes. I know that I did the one on the beach you have. and It's awesome. It's so cool yeah. to be on the beach to do it. It's yeah, wonderful. there's nothing like Shavasana with the sounds of the ocean. The, the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Awesome. And I want to thank my listeners for checking out this episode today. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. If you're loving the show, Will you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this, and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.